escape to the metaverse. But act like you know, yeah. You are now tuned into the Matthew and Lizzo show, yeah. Uh, escape to the metaverse. Better act like you know, yeah. You are now tuned into the Matthew and Lizzo show, yeah. Before we begin this week's episode of the Matthew and Rizzle Show, I just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Proof of Beauty. Proof of Beauty is an experimental digital experience studio. The blockchain is their canvas and the tokens are their brush. You can learn more about Proof of Beauty by checking out pob.studio. You can follow them on Twitter as well at P-R-R-F Beauty. That's P. RRF Beauty on Twitter and POB.studio on their homepage to learn more about their projects like Hash, London, and Publico. Thank you and enjoy the show. Here we are, the incinerator room. Thank you, Robot Lady. Okay, uh, Esther, really, really excited to have you on the Matthew and Rizzle show. Thank you for taking the time to chat with us about Hundo, your project, and uh, really excited. Uh, to get into all of the good things. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So to get started, really would love to know a little bit about your background, what you were doing prior to coming into the crypto and Web3 space. So kicking things off there would probably be a great way to get this conversation started. Yeah. So I've um, spent the last couple of decades, sadly, it shows my age, um, looking at uh, causes and consequences of youth poverty, uh, youth unemployment, um, and why young people are perpetually uh, facing um, sort of the worst excesses of um, things that happen, you know, that they have no control over, um, you know, cost of living, inflation, um, and a lack of coherent pathways uh, from education into employment and the future of work. Um, And so obviously, when I started to uh, obsess <laughs> um, about Web3, uh, my understanding of it, um, and, and uh, you know, trying to learn more about it, I started to see the possibility of a viable alternative economic system that could actually, for the first time, get a digital native generation ahead of the curve um, so that they're not um, behind uh, in the way that they are now uh, in, in a systemic and structural way. Sorry, Esther, I didn't realize I was on mute there. Um, I, I remember it did, it did, uh, it did go talk- quiet, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, you just you know, just ghosted you after like that explanation." Oh, I was like, "Bro, come on!" <laughs> I mean, you've been doing this for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry, I'm, I'm you know, pregnant. Pause, just trying to see what what else comes out. Um, no, uh, you know, I remember you talking to, about this like very vividly uh, at NFT Crossroads when we met, mm-hmm. and being like very inspired by. Uh, just sort of the approach you're taking with Web3, because I feel like, uh, you know, as, as someone like myself, you know, I, I have like, you know, a history of working within like social work and nonprofit organizations. And, and I feel like, you know, there's a tremendous opportunity within Web3 and crypto that a lot of people are overlooking uh, just in terms of the 
potential to extend opportunities to people, uh, you know, with this technology that have, you know, historically been, you know, disenfranchised, like, like you're saying. So uh, I would love to hear, like, you know, just, uh, you know, how you sort of got to this overlap or like where the spark came from. uh, And, you know, just sort of, uh, just sort of the lay of the land, because I, I really feel like not a lot of people are thinking in this direction. So, uh, yeah, if you could just speak, like, overall about, like, who else is sort of, uh, you know, playing in this territory, uh, just, just yeah, we'd love to hear a lot about it. Yeah, so I think the my, my sort of entry, you know, in, in, into this world was around about kind of 2017. I was like, okay, blockchain, I'm really trying to get my head as a non-technical person. <laughs> I feel like this is like a really important thing that's happening. Um, and I'm trying to get my head around it, trying to understand it, you know, sort of was watching crypto um, with with interest, you know, in terms of I was interested to see, you know, when, when kind of nascent, you know, sort of things happen, where they go. Um, so that was sort of like, I wasn't actively involved. I was really just trying to you know just an observer i suppose um and then it was so it's never i suppose it's never really one thing is it it's sort of it it was a you know a series of things and that's kind of where it started and then i i was asked to work on um a development program for uh, women's cycling uh tour and that was my uh, first foray into um it was Oculus Rift at the time, you know, kind of like AR, VR. Um, we were looking at how to uh, give women more confidence um, getting on the road because confidence, cost and childcare of all things were sort of barriers to entry and using um, AR, VR to sort of, you know, build confidence um, and skills. So, so again, uh, there was sort of these touch points, you know, with this technology and the things that were happening. Um, and then the kind of the galvanizing factor was actually COVID because, um young people lost their jobs at three to five times the rate of every other age group. And at the same time in the hiring market, there were employers screaming out for tech talent um, that simply doesn't exist um, at the moment. You know, and that's, you can see that in, in terms of, even just the salaries, uh, you know, it, it, one, there's a kind of a fintech company, you know, last year advertising $750,000 salary uh, for a senior DevOps, which obviously is fantastic for the person who gets it, but completely unsustainable for the market. So there was this sort of moment where the social pain point, the pain point for young people um, became a business pain point as well. And then it became a market pain point and and a kind of a governmental pain point. And so all of a sudden, this perfect storm that, to be obviously very clear, I really wish wasn't the case, um, you know, actually occurred. And for us, it became about, okay, we know what the issues are. Um, There is something about... um, Web3, there is something about the rampant acceleration of technology um, and, and essentially, as I see it, the fundamental ways in which we will live, work, learn and earn over the next century that's happening and it's happening now. And there's a solution needed really, really fast. So the ability for us to bring to bear all of our expertise in the causes, consequences, issues, you know, and our networks to galvanize around the idea of how quickly can we get young people upskilled for the future of work through web three. Um, and that was really the birth of um, the birth of Fundo. So how does the learning component actually work? Let's say 
um, someone comes to hundo.xyz, like what is the user flow? What's the sort of course load that they could expect? And what sort of outcomes are you seeing from folks that are going through the Hundo courses? Yeah, so obviously we've been in um, beta, closed beta uh, this year. So we go live on the 9th and 10th of November. And our focus is on is on three, three core components. Um, so we partner with educators on one side. Um, so young people are, you know, we, we start working with young people while they are already in mandatory education rather than waiting until they leave and then wonder what to do. Um, so they start their learning journey with us um, while they're still in education. Um, the flow is they will sign up. Uh, which is a very web, <laughs> very web two signing with their email, um, and create. Uh, we partner with Ready Player Me, um, and they'll create their avatar. Um, the reason that we use avatars is because we won an Innovate UK grant uh, in 2020 to pilot the use of avatars to remove and reduce hiring bias, and it's very, very successful. Um, so, we're obviously, thrilled to be partnered with um, Ready Player Me, who've been just a brilliant partner. Um, so, young people create their profile digital identity. Um, and then the three areas that we focus on are creator economy. Um, so that means that young people aren't necessarily, you know, wanting or needing to go and work for an employer. They might want to start their own, uh, their own gig. So whether it's, you know, it, it doesn't all have to be Web3. It could be TikTok, you know, um, how to build YouTube channel, um, you know, how to, how to, you know, go from being an artist illustrator, you know, into an NFT artist, into a, you know, into a gallery like Spatial. Um, so that's that's where we're starting. The big, the biggest education piece at the moment um, is people understanding, very in, in basic terms, what the words mean. You know, there's so much jargon, and if you're in it and you love it and you live in the rabbit hole like I do, um, that's great. But when you go out and talk to most people, it's a bit like I don't understand it. So the biggest thing for us is. Um, the, the first load of education is going like, what, what are we talking about? You know, and what does this mean for you? So that's, that's kind of the first bit. The creative economy side, like I've said, we're working with a masterclass style. Um, so we're working with like Dodds, um, who's ARBR specialist, um, Kadeen James, um, who's got a immersive gallery in Spatial, um, Crystal Lake, who's TikTok influencer. And it's about, you know, bringing to life people who have not gone on a traditional education journey um, and have entered this, you know, this world um, and, and, and their journey and learning how, you know, learning the skills that you need to get started. Um, the second part for us is we're looking at where the highest skills demands are. Um, so the first um, course that people will be able to do um, on that young people will be able to do on the platform um, is community building, um, community management. Um, it's a great skill because it's not super technical, you know, and again, we're always looking at how do you get um, a more mainstream audience engaged um, in the, you know, and using technology. Um, so we'll launch that. And then obviously um, over the next 12, 18 months, you know, we're building with employers skills-based um, education modules, uh, kind of a liquid learning format, um, so that young people can actually know that the skills that they are learning on the platform are giving them a far better chance of um, becoming, you know, of, of, of being able to go into work when they leave education. Um, the kind of the key parts for us, you know, for us, why, why Web3, why Web3 company? Obviously, you know, the use of avatars were built um, on-chain um, layer two on Ethereum, so Polygon um, network. And we 
are replacing the CV resume with um, a permanent soulbound NFT skills wallet. Um, so that you're starting for us, it's about starting to use the technology in a way that's useful. Um, so you're kind of learning as you go, you know, even just the process of setting up a wallet, what that means. Um, the, the platform itself is powered by a utility token. And again, the purpose of that um, means that young people can be rewarded with utility tokens um, to continue to enroll um, on courses and continue to advance their essentially lifelong learning. So, so they'll start as a young person, um, but they can continue, you know, to learn on the platform. Um, so that's, yeah, that, that's, that's kind of the, that's the process. <laughs> no, I would be, so I'm someone like you described who, who uses tons of jargon and therefore is like so far removed, uh, you know, in, in normal like Web3 conversations from people entering the space that uh, that I don't even do like a lot of onboarding anymore. I, I almost feel like I'm, I'm like too far gone uh, in a lot of ways to, to sort of start from scratch with with people. So uh, but your platform is it sounds like it's set up for that it sounds like it's it's you know trying to pull in like an adjacent crowd and like utilize web3 in a way that you know the the platform utilizes it but it doesn't necessarily you don't need a, a fundamental understanding of it uh in order to utilize it or to get accustomed to it and everything yeah. so so yeah. saying all that to say like i i would be like really curious to hear how the People, uh, your, uh, I don't know who you would call them, your clientele, your user base, uh, what their impression is of Web3 and the onboarding process uh, and, you know, what their take is on how it fits into this whole model. Because it, it sounds like a lot of this model could, uh, you know, in theory exist outside of the realm of Web3 and has, you know, in some ways existed outside of the realm of Web3. But you're like, you know, adding a couple nuances that I think are like, cool interesting and clever but also i'm in the rabbit hole right there with you so of course i think that uh so yeah what, what's what's been like the general reception yeah so we've uh, we've we've literally had our um gen z squad you know out and about in um in the uk at the moment like leeds digital careers festival you know getting people you know literally wearing a headset you know having conversations with parents you're absolutely right you know for me why web3 because for, for kids like me, you know, and, and, you know, for we're diverse, you know, kind of female founders like me with non-technical backgrounds, there wasn't really ever a place <laughs> for people like, you know, me in Web 2. Um, and so, I, you know, I, I fundamentally believe in sort of an open metaverse. You know, I've seen what happened, what has happened to young people in Web 2 um, without proper protections, you know, without proper regulation i think a more decentralized more community owned space has a power and we need more a more mainstream audience you know who at the moment are up against the sort of the the kind of the crypto winter you know the hacks rug scam you know or you know an nft is a jpeg you know this is what you're up against um, and i suppose because i because i come from i don't come from you know sort of technology it's it's i find it easier to look at um how people are thinking about this and, and the biggest thing that's come out um of all of our research and, and being on the ground you know being with young people talking to them all the time um is web3 is it is it, it doesn't mean anything it's like when you turn around and go 
have you traded skins on Valorant? You know, do you play Clash of Clans? You know, like, did you watch Travis Scott in Fortnite? And they're like, yes. And you're like, you know, people are already involved, you know, using this this space without even really realizing it. And I kind of feel like that's, that should, that, yeah, I feel like Web3 will have succeeded when people don't even really know that it's Web3 anymore. Um, and so I think, you know, for us, it's also about um, not every young person wants to be a Solidity developer or Rust or whatever it is. You know, the, the jobs are exponential digital marketers, you know, project managers. You know, the, it, there are, for us, you know, we just looked at when if, if Web3 is about, you know, three percent of the of the market now you know we're looking at the next 50 years um and going if this is the the direction of travel you know if this is the way that we are all going to operate and interoperate together um then then we start that education process now and i would say that it is much less about um the deep you know the, the deep web three you know kind of kind of stuff and actually just most people are a bit scared of it and they're made to feel stupid about it. Um, and I think that's the, that's kind of the real job, you know, is, is breaking that barrier and going, it is possible um, for you to be involved in this space. This is how you can get there. And actually, you know, if you, if you've built a server in Minecraft or you, you know, you've been in Roblox or whatever, you've kind of already been doing it. You just wouldn't necessarily put that on your CV. Yeah, you mentioned crypto winter, um, we're also <laughs> at this weird, funky place where COVID is ending or has ended in certain parts of the world. Certain restrictions remain um, mm. in other parts. And we're, we're almost on the other side, but I'd say we're, we're still not exactly there. Mm. I'm curious, um, from your vantage point, what sort of changes that you're seeing now that you think will be lasting permanent changes compared to before COVID started in particular mm. um, in relation to like the, the job market and mm. how that's going to proceed heading forward and how I, I think you, you mentioned a little bit how Hundo is trying to position itself there for like the digital economy that's been emerging, especially through COVID, but just curious, like the high level details of, what has permanently changed in your eyes because of COVID in particular and what's happened mm. during COVID? I'd say it's the, I'd say it's almost like the, the awareness and the awakening um, of the extent of the, and the scale of the problem, you know, so the, you know, the obviously world economic forum stats are, you know, there's a billion new tech roles needed by 2030, not from, <laughs> so they're needed now. <laughs> and, and, you know, and it's kind of going, that's one in seven people on the planet. Um, and so the, 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 the biggest change that I've seen is, is that real awareness, you know, it's kind of going, it doesn't matter how much you throw at recruitment, if the people with the skills you need don't even exist yet, <laughs> you've got to fundamentally reverse engineer everything that you're doing right now and find a different, you know, find, find a better way. Um, and that's the biggest change. I, I suppose it's the, I mean, for me, I've been saying this for about five years, you know, probably longer if I was being honest, but it's the first time where when you're saying it to, you know, CTOs, CIOs, CFOs, CEOs, all of them, you know, it's kind of going like they're going, yeah, you know, we, we've spoken to companies who spend 22 million a year on recruitment 
and they can't find the people. And I'm like, well, because the people don't exist yet. <laughs> You're going to have to like, start upskilling, you know, for the skills that you need and, and start to get ahead of that, ahead of that curve. Um, I also have seen, uh, you know, we obviously we're looking at a global, we're always looking sort of at a global, um, the global aspect of it. And I think um, the bigger territories, um, you know, UAE, Pakistan, places like that, where there are such high levels, such acute levels of youth and employment, government um, is very switched on um, to the idea um, that something needs to be different. And those economies are exciting to me because they're actually heavily investing in Web3, uh, future technology, future skills um, for young people. So I think that, you know, sub-Saharan Africa, you know, those places are, are so alive um, to the extent and scale of the problem, um, that that's that's kind of the biggest um, that's the biggest change that I've seen. Um, certainly in the last couple of decades, uh, it's almost like there's got something something now has to be done um, because everything that currently exists is just simply not delivering um, the skilled workforces that are needed fast enough. And I think particularly. With, with COVID again, you know, as with all of these awful things that happen in life, it also accelerates um, a number of things. The idea that, you know, I, I did an investment round, you know, in, in 2021, all via uh, Zoom, you know, Google Meet. You know, I didn't meet a single investor in real life. Um, you know, I had some big companies that we, you know, we partner with. Um, they had to overnight deploy 1,600 people home to work remotely and at home that would have taken years <laughs> uh, to get there with consultations all the rest of it so so it really forced forward and accelerated uh, the idea that you can that it is possible to build remote teams um it is you know not everybody has to sit in an office nine to five five days a week some people enjoy it that's fine um but it's kind of going it's really just completely disrupted um and dismantled everything that we thought we all knew about the way that we want to all live and work. Um, and that those are kind of like the two biggest sort of fundamental shifts uh, that I've seen, which of course are hugely beneficial um, when you're thinking about how you can connect young people in one territory with jobs and employers in a completely different one. Um, so that's, that's kind of, you know, that, those are the things that um, are helpful. Um, I, yeah. Helpful for what we, you know, for what we're trying to do. I feel like, I mean, I feel like for those of us in the rabbit hole, I mean, this, this makes so much sense, uh, you know, and just hearing you talk about like the, you know, problem at large and, you know, sort of, you know, connecting these two parties uh, and the solution that you're offering, uh, it sounds like very practical and forward thinking. I, I can uh, see how people on our side would think it's a cool idea. I could see how if I was a student and I'm getting like rewarded for learning like tangible things that are actually like useful, uh, that would be like highly desirable. Uh, what's and so then on the flip side, I'm like, how to connect these dots? Like, do are there, <laughs> is there like a lot of positive reception on the employer side of things? Or is that like a significant challenge of this? Like, you know, I would imagine, uh, you know, this is a bigger shift for them than it is for us, like us meaning people mm. trying to get jobs in creative ways, ways and everything. So like, yeah, what's, what's that challenge like and what's the reception been and how do you sort of like you know deal with the consumer education side on the em employer side of things where you know you got to sort of convince them that this is a better system 
Yeah, I think I think with time and all things are possible. What I what we're finding has surprised us. Um, we were expecting quite a lot of resistance from the education side, uh, particularly from you know kind of universities, higher education, and actually. Um, they're like, how do we partner with you? <laughs> um, because, of course, you would have to reskill two, three generations of teachers. Uh, you know, education just, you know, at a systemic level um, just cannot change fast enough. So they actually see us um, as an augmented service, you know, an augmented bridge um, that, that it can actively support better outcomes, you know, for their students. And 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 from a business perspective, you know, they they remain, you know, competitive in, in what is a highly competitive um, academic marketplace. On the employer side, um, we have chosen to focus on uh, developing partnerships with some very, very key strategics so that we're building employer-led, um, kind of data-driven, market-driven uh, employability courses um, that, that are basically verified by the people who are going to be hiring, <laughs> um, at, you know, at the other side. That's the fundamental shift that we're asking employers to do is go stop waiting for young people to finish education fall into the hiring market and then there's kind of this job board algorithmic frenzy that occurs and then the churn and burn on the other side is crazy it's sort of going start to make better decisions you know with more data points over a longer period of time um, and as i say you know it's not really anything that it's not really anything different that i've been saying for you know forever the difference is all of these employers and their supply chains and their clients can't find the talent that they need. And that's that's the single biggest shift. You know, we've had companies that we spoke to midway through last year. They were like, everybody loves us. You know, everyone gets it. Everyone thinks it's great. Um, but it was like, yeah, you know, it's kind of, yeah, we'll, we'll come back. You know, they called us up, you know, a couple of weeks ago going like, we're desperate. Can you help us? And they're like, well, no, it's like if you started with us you know, <laughs> last year and gone through the process, you would now have a upskill talent pool uh, and you wouldn't be in a panic, you know. So, you know, I don't wish that on anyone, but it's kind of going, there are there are market forces uh, that are giving us, um, you know, a really, really good uh, set of wind in our sails. And I think the challenge for us now is going, we know the demand is there. We know the interest is there. How quickly um, can we build this? You know, how rapidly can we scale it to meet the scale of the, the problem? What, what is the, like, because, uh, you know, I, I have kids, right, who are going to end up in this, like, meat grinder of a job market at, at yeah. some point or another. And so I'm like, this is cool. Like, I, you know, I can see my son in particular, like, very methodical, loves working towards things, would get the reward mm -hmm. system, like, cool, this, this is, like, awesome. So, but then, so I'm like, what is the, like, long-term vision, scalability goal with this? Like, is it, uh, well, I, don't, I wouldn't even, like, speculate, but, yeah, just curious, like, you know, in a perfect world, if this thing blows up, it's a really cool concept. It, you know, you're solving a problem that's that's clearly a problem. Uh, what, what's the big vision? I would like to have a billion learners on the platform by 2030. Um, because that's the number of... That's a big vision. That's a, that's a big vision. <laughs> I like it, though. <laughs> that's what I'm uh, because it's necessary, you know, not, not, not because it's a big number, you know, because it's necessary. And I think...
I always look at, um, I, I didn't set out to be um, a startup founder. Um, I, you know, I find myself in a, you know, in a brave new world. Um, I'm, I, I've, I've dedicated my entire career to tackling this problem and I want to find the most effective, scalable solution for that. So, so it's, you know, and it's funny because, you know, if you say, you know, we said, well, we'd like to get to 10 million learners by 2025. And there was like a VC in Mumbai and they were like, is that all? Because of course it's like a, a suburb. Yeah. <laughs> There's always a scaling thing depending on where you go. But I think, I think for me, it's more about um, those, yeah, the, those big macro numbers and that's fine. Um, but I think that, you know, for, we will, we will have to work really, really hard at a very, very local level. And I think, our, you know, our approach actually is, is, you know, as you would expect, a bit more decentralized in terms of we want to build, you know, kind of hub and spoke communities. Um, and we call them players, you know, we call them learners players so that you can have, you know, Manchester players, Liverpool players, you know, Leeds players, then you can go Austin players, New York players, you know, Perth players, you know, and start to build. Um, you know, what a lot of young people lack is alumni. You know, they lack connection if they haven't gone through, you know, if they don't come from a privileged, relatively privileged background, you know, and kind of go into university and, and all that and all of that stuff. Um, so we want to, you know, that's where I see Web3, you know, that kind of community-based, community-driven, really coming into its own um, because it's actually not that hard to get to that number if it's very, very focused and localized, you know, and, and, you know, I wish I could take credit for that idea. It was actually the original Facebook model, wasn't it? Before it went into, you know, kind of madness, <laughs> um, you know, but that's sort of very, very localized because then you have a depth and richness of engagement. Um, and that's what matters to us because if you get that right, the scaling piece is kind of the byproduct of that rather than the end in itself. Um, and so that's the, yeah, that, that's why. And I think for me, you know, my, my son is 18 now and, I watched him go through the same education system that I went through. Um, I watched him during COVID listening to the most boring lessons, you know, with no interaction, no engagement whatsoever. And then I would watch him come to life um, leading his, you know, clan, um, you know, as I say, you know, building, you know, servers in Minecraft. And, and I don't come from that world, but I have watched an 11 year old, you know, all the way through his journey. And it's kind of going, same thing. He would never write any of that on his CV. And yet those, I have seen him demonstrate leadership qualities that would be invaluable to most businesses. So that's, you know, that that's the kind of, you know, so we start with one, you know, and then we start with, you know, and then we go to a hundred and then it's 10,000, you know, and then it's a million and then it's a billion. And that's, that's how I see that's how I see a scaling um, because it's necessary because honestly, in so many parts of the world right now, if you're a young person, like you're having quite a miserable time um, and, it, and it just doesn't have to be that way. Uh, and I think that's what, that's what drives me. Um, and that's why I love this space because it's just so much more, I think it's just so much more youth friendly in so many ways. Um, and the ability for us to be able to get substantial numbers um, of young people into the space, you know, creating it, building it, making it, owning it. Um, I mean, honestly, I mean, for me, that's that's just a huge privilege. <laughs> I love that, and I think like, um, yeah, the the the, the resume of the future is going to look so dramatically different. Mm -hmm. But you're already seeing examples where the resumes of folks <laughs> have already changed, but. Yeah. Those people don't really use resumes anymore, so they're sort of invisible. Yeah. The biggest yeah. example, I think, is like probably Vitalik Buterin, right? If you look yeah. at 
his resume pre um, Ethereum. It's like doing like spot magazine article submissions for BTC magazine and going on raids in World yeah. of Warcraft, right? <laughs> <laughs> like that was the dude's resume. Um, <laughs> and you can see in retrospect how, how formative those experiences were to what he's doing now. Um, yeah. And the same thing like for folks that are going to be leading or managing or having some sort of influence on the community layer of these mm. projects, um, it's going to be the same thing. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I just wanted to, to keep pulling on that thread of community, honestly. I feel like in the the new jobs of the future, that community layer is the single most important layer for all projects that are operating, especially in this, whether you call it Web3 or crypto or decentralized or however you want to frame it, mm-hmm. um, space, the community layer is really paramount it is everything we honestly cannot overstate it enough even though the term community has become so overplayed and i feel like most projects when they say community it's it's super hollow for the most part especially from more traditional um companies that are using the word so i'm just curious from your perspective like first of all how are, how do you think about community and how are you thinking about community in relation to hundo because i feel like you got to dog food community the right way in order to instruct the community leaders of the future. Hmm. I think um, you're absolutely right. It's such an overused, <laughs> such an overused word. Um, I, I guess for me, I've always sort of said like your vibe attracts your tribe. <laughs> so I think of community more in sort of tribes. Um, and I think the, I think they have to be grown organically um and and they can't and, and you can't really control you know they, they can't be controlled you know it's sort of going if we you know if we have you know as i said earlier our plan is to um be powered ultimately you know by by young people you know by the people who serve so we made a commitment to have at least 50 percent of our own team um as gen z um, and it's incredibly powerful um and of course we would do that because you can't authentically go and talk to a community of employers about the importance of hiring a diverse uh you know young talent pool and then they look at your own business and you know you're not you're not living that um, and what we found is by by the, even within even within just building hondo in that way um people the community starts to make itself known um you know so the more diverse a workforce you have the more that breeds diversity you know because you get in all its forms you know all its forms um so i think for us you know we will start with um I guess it's, you know, I guess we're informed by young people. I feel like I'm waffling here, but, you know, like we built the whole of Hundo, you know, we kind of sat with about 200 gaming students, you know, and kind of built it with them. Um, you know, they're, they're, a commun- they're one of our communities now, um, you know, and that's why, that's, that's kind of where we see if you, if we basically upskill and train community leaders you know how to uh, how to how to lead a local community um in their city you know town village um then they start to for me that feels like the most decentralized thing we can do you know we're upskilling um local people local young people um who will bring their friends you know family associates colleagues whatever you know into their own ecosystem and i think each one what I'm quite excited to see, you know, when we really start to ramp this up um, next year. Um, 
I think they'll look really, really different. Um, and I'm quite excited to see, you know, what, what the sort of the Glasgow players look like compared to the South London players or whatever, you know, and I think and, and I think we'll get a real richness. Um, I think the challenge for me is how do you how do how do we then connect? How do we connect them all together? Um, so that they're all kind of like supporting each other. Um, so so I think, yeah, organic organic local growth, you know, community growth, um, and actually just having people on the ground um, is it, that's that's the best way, you know, that's the best way that we we found it working. Um, you know, we tried, we, you know, we experimented with like paid, you know, media, you know, some paid adverts on Instagram and you know, TikTok and that, and it, it just completely bombed, <laughs> um, which was a good thing. You know, we'd spent a few hundred, you know, a few hundred dollars on it. It was, it was, you know, it was an experiment where we get the most value is, humans talking to humans um you know in in their town in their village in their college in their university in their school in their youth offending unit in the care home um that they're in um that that's you know so so i see i see very powerful communities that can be built um when they are given support expertise and knowledge um, and then kind of allow you know and, and and then allowed to sort of build and develop it in their own way and um, so that's yeah that that's I think that's the most exciting bit that I'm looking forward to next year is to really see what actually happens when you start activating some real communities. And I think it's really important that people don't see Web3 as, you know, it's like one or, you know, it's 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 all tech and no human, you know, sort of analog contact. It's like it doesn't have to be one or the other. I think it's very important um, that the kind of physical and digital worlds um, start to actually mesh together um, in a much more, you know, personal, human-centric, human-centered, um, community-driven way, um, and I think we'll just end up with some really cool hundo tribes all over the place. <laughs> That's what I hope for. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I feel like you're preaching to the choir, like, like I think I said before, and I, I feel like our audience as well, like they're they're in the rabbit hole with us, and they, I, I think, will intuitively understand your project, understand, you know, why it, it's importance and relevance, uh, you know, in the, in the big picture, grand scheme of things, uh, you know, so, and for, for people like that and myself, I'm like, this is cool. Like, I get it. This is like a great like application of web three that like does something tangible, like in people's lives. Uh, is there a way for, you know, people on any end of the spectrum, like, you know, student end, uh, connection end, employer end, is there a way for people to get involved at this point? Or is there going to be like a public, you know, call to action at, at some point? You know, I, I would just imagine a lot of people thinking like, yo, this is cool. How do I, you know, lend a hand, do something, contribute in like some capacity? Yeah, so we are, that's, yeah, we basically are launching, um, obviously we're already in existence, but we decided to go for kind of like, you know, big launch um, on the 9th and 10th of November, um, and that's CareerCon, um, so that's the, you know, discover the future of work, because, uh, you know, exactly like you said, we're all in the rabbit hole and all the rest of it, ultimately, motion we talk to, they're like, I want a job, you know, I, I need, I need to pay, I need some paid work so that I can pay my rent, you know, so there is a, there's like a reality check, you know, all of this, you know, all of this stuff. And um, to get involved, um, 
a number of ways you know we obviously just get in touch with us <laughs> um but you know career con is that kind of moment in time um where it's going like you know parents educators employers you know people in web3 people who don't know what it is people who think it's all a load of rubbish you know like everybody um is to come you know and discover um actually what's what's happening and what's really important um so yeah so we we're happy the way that you know obviously employers were happy to talk to in terms of building courses you know modules um, and developing that um educators obviously you know that yeah they're, they're working in partnership with us already um, to bring their young people to um to career con to hundo um, and for individuals um you know we're always interested in conversations with um experts people who are actually building creating doing things you know that that's kind of the, the basis of all of our master classes um they're, they're done you know, they're, they're produced and delivered by people who are actually doing stuff, you know, in the space. Um, and then obviously, you know, for individuals, uh, we'll be launching a mentoring, you know, support program. So there are there are a multi, you know, there are a multitude of ways that people can get involved. Um, and, and the best thing to do is to reach out to us um, and, um, and the team. Awesome. Uh... Esther, really, really appreciate, uh, you know, your high level view of, uh, you know, both sort of like the lay of the land in this like situation, but also uh, Hundo overall. Um, I know you said you uh, have listened to a couple of our episodes before. If you if you made it to the end, uh, you know, like sort of as we're winding up, we, we love to sort of peek into people's crypto wallets and uh, <laughs> legitimately out of interest just love to see like what other projects or nfts people are interested in collecting or participating in or whatever so uh so is there is there stuff out there that's totally unrelated to what you're currently working on that you're that it's in the space that you're just either like a fan of or nerding out on or you know anything like that Yes, yeah, I knew, I knew you'd ask me this. Um, so my my favorite <laughs> rabbit hole, my favorite rabbit hole, uh, it's a genuine rabbit hole. I'm I'm a fluff world, uh, you know, non fungible labs. Um, I absolutely adore um, some of the, my favorite people in the space um, at the moment. But the one that I'm the thing that I'm particularly fascinated by um, is altered states carbon, um, and not altered states carbon, altered states machine. Sorry, um, and um, they are looking at um basically how you can imbue um your pfps you know avatars nfts with ai ml transactional permissions um and i and i had to go out and kind of you know conduct business in the metaverse on your behalf while you're asleep you know doing all this stuff and i'm like those are the things for me that i just like this is this is like this is how quantum we're ever going to get as humans i think in my lifetime you know and i'm like and i just love it because i'm like we could be so much more if we weren't all stuck to our emails and phones and slack channels <laughs> if we could just send our digital twins out into the world doing stuff for us <laughs> <I'm> with it <laughs> but, uh, yeah fluff world is that's such a weird project that's doing such technically ambitious things. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. The way I think about it, um, <laughs> to make very, very legit projects, it's super cool to hear. Mm. Um, yeah, just to, to echo what Rizzo was saying, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure having you jump on, educate us about how Hondo will begin to educate uh, the future leaders um, of the, the Web3 and crypto space. Really, really excited for this. I mean, if there's any way that we can 
help, um, especially when the project goes live in November, um, would love to, because it, it really is going to be the, the beating heart of the space, like how quickly we can onboard the new leaders, the new yeah. new life. It's been, a, it's been a total pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Cool. Thank you so much, Esther. Wait, wait, wait. Let, make sure, Esther, before you go, uh, yeah. anything anyone needs to know about where to find, like, more information, let's, like, link drop and, you know, tell people all in, any important dates or, or whatever they need to know at the end here. Yeah. So you can um, come to hundo.xyz, register for CareerCon, and come and get involved and see what we're all about on the 9th and 10th of November. Awesome. That was easy and very straightforward. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone would think I'd done it before, huh? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, but Esther, yes, focusing in on exactly what Matt said, it's been a pleasure. And, you know, absolutely, if there's some role that we can play in any of our various channels, podcasts included, uh, would love to support and be a part of this uh, moving so forward. Will. So please keep us in mind as well. I will. I will. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Okay. Can I, am I safe to leave? Hey everyone, thanks for listening to this week's episode. Just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Proof of Beauty. Proof of Beauty is an experimental digital experience studio. The blockchain is their canvas and the tokens are their brush. You can learn more about Proof of Beauty by checking out pob.studio. You can follow them on Twitter as well at P-R-R-F Beauty. That's P-R-R-F Beauty beauty on twitter and pob.studio on their homepage to learn more about their projects like hash london and publico thank you and see you in the next episode